This show is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky things that are best enjoyed after you see the movie. So any movie we talk about, we recommend you go see. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And today we are taking a look at the Fred Decker classic, The Monster Squad. And when I say Fred Decker classic, really it could only be The Monster Squad or Night of the Creeps because RoboCop 3 doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, we could we could like talk about RoboCop three if you want. Like, if you want to like completely derail the show and like make this a RoboCop three podcast. I I'm mean, fine we're, with that's that. that's that's his basically directorial canon, other than an episode of Tales from the Crypt. So he has two two classics, um, both completely underrated. I think the Monster Squad is finally getting the credit it deserves. But man, this movie got destroyed when it came out in theaters. I mean. It wasn't a critical darling. It was pulled from cinemas within two weeks. It cost $12 million to make, and you're like, wow, you easily should get that budget back. It made $3.8 million, and that was it. But luckily, VHS, home video, man, and it dominated the home video market, gave it new life, and now, dude, cult classic. People love it. Monster Squad is, is huge. Oh no, I I could uh I could easily see how uh, I I'd constantly been hearing about this movie mm -hmm. only in like the annals of like uh college courses from like the film uh majors that I would be rooming with or something like that because sure uh it was very much that like quintessential cult classic from the eighties that was ignored for its time like this is this is the like probably banner ad for uh, underappreciated eighties horror film i mean honestly i'm surprised the thing got made it's it's very difficult for a movie like this to get made and even before that some of the unfair comparisons were like people said oh cool you just ripped off the goonies they even have the mom from the goonies playing the mom <laughs> in this you know it, but it is it, it is i wouldn't say <clears throat> the least fair comparison like there are there are some fair comparisons to be made yeah but there's fair comparisons for for a lot of films that you could say, oh, it just follows this structure. Oh, it just follows this. It just happened to be about some kids that go on an adventure, but it's totally different. It's monsters and, and, and pirates in this other one. And it's there, there's there's not real pirates in that. It's more of going up against the Fratellis and a pirate ship and traps, and then this is like dealing with monsters. And, um, and, and far more, I guess you could say, I guess in a little bit of a ways, like, maturer themes. Like, there are a few instances where this movie actually surprised me with a lot of the sentiment dude, stuff gets, that it was coming with. Stuff gets dark at, at moments. Like, there's some deaths in this film. You're expecting lighthearted not to get morbid or grisly at points. It does. I mean, the dynamite... The dynamite stick in the car, like, he... And even the dynamite in the uh, treehouse thing, you're just like, wait... 
Did they literally just blow up one of the characters? Like, what the hell is going on in this? Yeah, it was you know? crazy. And the and the uh, the implication of the of that old man being a Holocaust survivor in like a very like poignant way. You're like, whoa, where did this come from? Well, because at first you think he might be some crazy German, and you're wondering, oh no, are they gonna go with he like might evil be German guy a former Nazi? But then you yeah. find out that he is a Holocaust survivor, and you realize there's a lot more layers into this. I mean, even dealing um, with with Sean's parents in this, uh, Stephen Mock, who plays his dad, who's awesome. Like he, oh, he's kills great. He's really got this. like a lot of like, uh, he's a, he always has like a layered performance about him when I've seen yeah. him in this movie. And, and every time that he's talking to his son, it's mm-hmm. very much the like he's trying to just like talk to him like a kid and then he's just because he's just flipped that switch about from talking to his wife uh it's yeah really well, i love i love that thing between him and mary ellen trainer like that that dynamic of showing that they are going through a divorce and that moment when mary ellen trainer talks to the daughter and uh i think it's phoebe and she says something or he says, oh, well, why are you yelling at him? Or don't you don't yell at him. It's like, I'm not going to yell at Dad. And it's like, no, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about Sean. Right, yeah. And yeah. it was just this this moment where she didn't even realize because of what's going on in that family dynamic. Like, I love the layers that are put into this film. My issue with this film is it it's too short. It, it just I, seems it's very rushed. <clears throat> Um, I would say that it, it like a lot happens. Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that it mm-hmm. had a problem with being too quick. I think it just certainly moved along at a pace that was, uh, you you certainly were not bored. No, but I think that, I think there's there's some nonsensical stuff that just feels like it doesn't belong. So once they've gotten Frankenstein's monster out from his you know his little coffin thing, um, his box, they almost have that. Uh, that little moment, this little picturesque tableau where the other monsters are kind of moving around, but Dracula and Frankenstein's monsters, they aren't touching hands, but they're, like, frozen. It's very strange. Then, everyone goes off to do their own thing. Why? Don't know why. The mummy apparently goes into a kid's closet to hide and then proceeds to leave just a few moments later. I love that scene, but it doesn't make sense in the film. Uh, no, it doesn't. And it, it weirdly enough, um, there might have been one or two of those moments, but like I honestly wasn't really that distracted by it because this movie is very much one that relies or that the weight of its shoulders rests on like how good these characters are, and almost every single one is like knocked out of the park. Even like on the small, like I love me a good. 1980s indignant detective character and by god this might be one of my favorite ones i'm just like oh we got a werewolf i can't believe this uh, oh no i love it he's like he's like yeah no I, i'm a good i'm a good cop I, I you know i'm good at my job um yeah stan shaw man stan shaw is great this this cast is full of a lot of people um i won't say like b-movie actors but more character actors you know you have john grease as the uh as the werewolf the wolfman um, and what's really cool is Stan Winston did the special effects, so I guess they ran into a lot of issues with the Universal Monsters stuff, right? This is done by TriStar, so they basically were like, hey, we love the Universal Monsters, and we want to make this film, but we're going to make it with TriStar, so everyone had to be 
They didn't. So, like, you had they had to change every character a little bit. So Stan Winston modeled the Wolfman after himself. And if you look at it, it kind of looks like Stan Winston if he turned into a Wolfman. It's based on it his is, face. It's very true. It doesn't have the, like, you know exactly who these <clears throat> monsters are, of yes. course. But mm -hmm. you, but, like, they're just shy of copyright infringement. Like Yeah, no, it's, it, it's and, that's, and I think it's perfect because the mummy... The way they do the mummy works very, very well because there is stuff exposed. Traditionally, there's no exposure on the mummy. He's fully wrapped. Um, and with Dracula, you don't have the widow's peak in this, the traditional Bela Lugosi one. Gilman, Gilman just totally looks different than the creature from the Black Lagoon. He almost, and then, in a weird way, he kind of looks like a predator in the face he, area. He, well, and you know what? This is, this is also Stan Winston, same year he did right. Predator. So we're, exactly. we're talking about... Definitely maybe taking some of those designs or leftover designs from maybe the original Predator concept when Jean-Claude Van Damme was attached to it as, you know, stuntman for the Predator. Um, now, with with also when you're, when you're looking at Frankenstein's monster, they move the bolts, right? So the bolts aren't in his traditional point um, on, his, on his neck. They're moved up to the side of the head. So they've really, they've really changed... Um, these characters around but at the same time you know exactly who they are right away like you know that these are the universal monsters but it, for some reason it's like the universal monsters if they really existed yeah exactly i it, so and, and it's more of the like there's a made-up mythos uh in the beginning that i really like about why these uh characters exist the way they do mm -hmm. or at least like why they're there or their their lore so to speak right and I honestly didn't realize that these weren't supposed to be the universal monsters because I thought I'm like, wow, this is an interesting take on all of mm -hmm. these universal monsters that like don't have the exact story that you know, but it's similar enough. And I think it's explained great because it's a very like again, Indiana Jonesy kind of almost I hate to say Spielbergian, but the beginning the beginning of this movie reminds me a lot of one of those types of cold opens yeah. where you have this like kind of over the top like uh, retro style lore that comes with these characters and then you know present flash forward to present day well, I, I also love that the the uh, title cards or the scrolling as it comes up in the beginning talks about everything they had to do and it's like they blew it and then it goes into the opening now um I'm just looking here I'm looking through some notes and stuff Apparently, Decker <clears throat> had a longer version of this film. So, you know, when you watch this movie on TV, there's like four or five scenes that they add into the TV version that aren't in the theatrical, that's not in the theatrical cut because apparently the executives wanted the film to run under 90 minutes, so they cut a ton of the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because studio executives obviously know best. Um, oh, God. I mean, this was this was the era of when all of these things were being, you know, slashed and burned into like shambles of the movies they once were. Obviously, honestly, like I'm very whoa, whoa, whoa! The time it. when, man, you can look at you can look at tons of films that come out each year that run through this problem, and it's it's the same studios year after year. I'm not going to name specifics, you know, Fox and stuff like that, but it's year after year that they keep running their movies into the ground along with you know a bunch of other. Um, Companies Warner Brothers as well. So, you know, if they would just... Universal? I mean, honestly, Dark Universe for that. They have the monsters. They own them, okay? They own the Universal monsters. 
and they failed at making a Universal Monster franchise. A modern one. How sad is that? Now, honestly, they should have just given Shane Black and Fred Decker the money and said, you know what, you guys helm this uh, monster franchise the way you guys see fit instead of having Shane Black do the Predator and have Fox meddle in that. Sorry, that's my little my little soapbox thing. Yes, you, yes, you, yes, you did. You did have that little soapbox. I just, uh, well, you know, uh, this, stuff, this stuff to me is extremely frustrating because this movie could have been so much more at the time when it came out had the studio actually believed in it and pushed it properly, but they didn't. Right, but and we still got a good movie here. We like, got you know, not... no, we did, we did. But there's also that thing of what I, I just don't like them coming in and, and taking stuff out of a film, which to me would probably add a lot more to it, which would sure. give it that little extra oomph that I want for the for the movie. Right, um, but what could have been aside, we're still sat with a pretty damn good movie here. And you know, absolutely. That, like, while while it has like a bit of pacing problems. Could be is a lot more to be said about a lot of movies that we've seen even this year. Uh, yeah. So, like to continue on, I'd like to actually talk more about the uh, the characters that it shows us in the in these kids because oh, I yeah, really think yeah. that all these kid actors. <clears throat> God damn it, Shane Black knows how to write a fun, some fun kid characters, mm-hmm. and like it's no ex- excuse in or it's no exception here. Uh, I think the the personality types that each one of these kids brings to the table to this club is astounding like oh yeah the like the the badass kid that like only dude rudy is rudy like is a, awesome yeah yeah rudy like rudy like it's he's very performative with his like attitude mm-hmm. and then he'll immediately dial it back in weird ways that i think is like perfect about being like the cool kid in any group where he's, yeah it's like, not it's not pushed in or over the top or he tries too hard he's just yeah, I mean, I love the part. I'm part of the club, right? You know, it's like, and then you know, goes after the uh, the vampires or the vampire. Like, I'm in the goddamn uh, club. Yeah, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Uh, no, so but it's good. great. And uh, Fat Kid, who we who we only find out at the end, is named Horace. They just call him Fat Kid, which you oh, know, man. mean, but. No, I know they mention Horace a few times. I think they call him Horace a couple times earlier on. Um, Dude, what sucks about that is the the kid who played him died at 22 from pneumonia. Oh well, okay, that's an that's an added bummer now. <laughs> yeah, that's a super added bummer, um, which sucks because that that's like an iconic role, man. I just love the I love the scene where he finally he's trying to get the bullies to let him in, and Gilman is coming after him, and he has this shotgun. Straight up just shoots Gilman, blood sprays out of Gilman's chest, he falls over dead. And, uh, man, they're like, oh, good job, fat kid, cock shotgun, the name's Horace. Yeah. It's and so it, like, good. It's, it, like, he, he'll always write each character kind of have their, like, he'll give them their arrival mm-hmm. moment, and for Horace it was that, and it was great. Yeah, they, they, they all have their moments, and that was... That was just a lot of fun, and a lot of the other characters in there. You know, he has his um, <clears throat> he has his best friend, uh, I think Patrick, who he uh, is hanging out with, and then there's that little kid um, who follows them around as well. Uh, who even is, that th- kid was good. Like even yeah, that they're kid all at, at like five years old or something. Like held yeah, holds his own. Like it's a it's a good cast. No, all the kids are really good in this film. Uh, the girl who plays Phoebe is awesome. 
and just, you know, like, totally nails it. I think this movie in general, it's it's just disappointing to see that it didn't end up, you know, <clears throat> being a, a, a total success in theaters. I actually, one of my favorite moments in this is is the Wolfman and John Grease portrayal of that. Like, just in that moment, like, he knows he's going to become a werewolf. We don't really know what led to all of this or why he's drawn into oh, this it's area. Oh, so, it's so manic and, like, actually, like, visceral to be and you like, lock me up, lock me up, like... He's and like then going he, crazy in this And it's this so thing. good, and he wants them to shoot him, and they do, and he's dead. And you're like, all right, well, this guy's gone. Well, it doesn't matter because, as we've learned, there's only one way to kill a wolfman. And exactly, that's a silver bullet. But A silver bullet. And it's the only one way to kill the werewolf. So, um, because we've learned that no other way works. You can't shoot him with, you know, normal bullets and kill him. You can't blow him up. You can't blow him up and that Which was a great moment hilarious because he was eviscerated by that stick of dynamite absolutely eviscerated but just pulled himself back together just comedically so and like i would have loved to see because even the trick like man okay i'm a sucker for a good werewolf transformation scene and by yes. God, i think this might be like it, it's so it's really good it's kind of standing toe-to-toe with an american werewolf in london like i almost want to say it's here's almost why, here's, there Here's why. American Werewolf in London, you're seeing more actually happen on camera during it. Sure. While you yes. do see stuff happen on here, there is there are times where it pulls out of frame and you can tell that there's a cut to something else. That is the only I'll say it's a it's a solid werewolf transformation, but right. it's it's no American werewolf just due to the well, complexity and the sheer I mean the amount of work that had to go into that one scene in American oh, Werewolf. Oh yeah, no, like it's almost a it's almost like a two <clears throat> to five minute scene just watching him transform mm-hmm. and like obviously that you it's worth it, but like But it looks great. In, the, in this it's still amazing. Yeah. But in the in the moments where it needed to count, oh man. It was maybe only a thirty second transformation, but the work of like the popping of the back and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. so good. Like cuts from like like the face kind of like elongating and then cut to better face uh, was a better transition than I think was more deftly handled than like oh, again almost to American Werewolf in London standards. Uh, mm-hmm. Super super good. Yeah, I mean this um, the, this movie in general is just uh, a lot of fun. Everyone should have seen it. I'm surprised you hadn't even seen it until now. No, I hadn't. And it was it was always something that was on my radar as like, oh man, it's that classic fun movie, but I didn't really get the vibe of what it was going for until mm-hmm. now. And like again, like I say Goonies only in the sense that it's like, oh yeah, it's a bunch of ragtag kids coming together solving a problem that's, you know, mystical and big and far fetched. But like outside of that structure, or those, you know, that skeleton, if you will, yeah. uh, it completely different. Uh, let's talk about Dracula real quick because I loved this portrayal of Dracula because yeah. it's, he's just so clean and over the top enough to where he like kind of has this like classic performance about him, mm-hmm. but still it's cartoonish and fun. Uh, it's it's something that I would have loved to see more of actually. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody's very comic booky in this. It is like this. This almost feels. This feels like a comic book movie, without being a comic book movie. Like it's it ha- that would be its source material. You know what I mean? Oh no! It's it sounds like one of those serialized <coughs> tales that like a, a tales from the crypt would kind of like expand on, or in, this is just into a feature length film. Like that, that yeah. I could easily see that in one of those dime novels or like something like that. But mm-hmm. it's also very 80s in the way that it has this sense of 
you know, community and friends and stuff like that. They got the treehouse, which is like, you know, a staple for kids' movies. Just like Absolutely, the awesome yeah. hangout. Uh, Dude, that thing's it, it, decked out with so much horror memorabilia. Who built it is that? Absolutely like, did, did those insane. Kids, kids build that? Did like their collective parents be like, "All right, I guess we're gonna build a a house for these delinquents?" I don't to know, hang man. These these kids are crazy enough to begin with that they wanted that book. You remember, they're like, "Oh, we need this." Uh, this journal of whatever it was, uh, the Van Helsing journal. And I think that's what it was. It was the Van Helsing diary or something that he had had. Cause it was this book that he wanted. And he's like, Oh, I finally got it. And it's all in German. Right. And he can't read it at all. Um, mm-hmm. which is, which is like, again, perfect plot device for added going through. like the script is smart. It has mm-hmm. like eloquent pieces in it to, uh, make it so that it's not unnatural. Uh, it right. moves along at this nice steady click that uh, hangs with some of the better like adventure films that we've seen before, and it just so happens to have monsters in it that are that look awesome and it's fun. Like I I don't really know what I can complain about other than you know slight things that like could have been expanded on a little bit more, but like mm-hmm. again like I'm not complaining at all. It just yeah I, the thing that that always just kind of gets me a little bit is that there are some plot holes in here, but it makes sense that there's plot holes if a bunch of the film was cut. I mean, you have plot holes with dealing with the gem. You know, he finds it and uh, he just doesn't take it right away. He's like, "Oh, cool, I found it," and then he's like, "All right, I'm gonna do this tomorrow." Cool, man. Why don't you just take that for a while with you? No, okay. And then like even the girl has it, and then the, his line when he picks up this little girl and just yells. Give that to me, you bitch. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I love it when that line is said with such disdain because it's just so oh, you bitch. Like, and he says it to her. I mean, that's oh, just, yeah. it's not like, even a, oh, you're on one side. It's an over the shoulder shot. It is. He says it through her. It's like, yeah, it's he's a very it's just cutting way to say that. It's, yeah, it's like, give me the amulet, you bitch. Just boom. <laughs> Like I laughed out loud when I said when I heard that because I'm like that's just a horrendously totally unexpected, oh, totally yeah. unexpected it's- because you're not expecting Dracula to, <laughs> to say that. Also, I'm not expecting Dracula to use dynamite, really either. But it, I mean, this movie is just stupid fun. The one and it's also really weird because you it is very, as I said earlier when you see. Um, uh, the main cop, his, his partner, get blown up in the car. You're like, what the hell? Th- this movie has just gotten violent. And this movie is just gone. I mean, we've, we've had some violence already in it, but now we're getting into straight-up murder. Basically, they just kill cops the entire movie. Which once we, like, once we hit that need, point. I guess you need a sort of expendable thing to be like, ooh. okay, the threat of these monsters is real, but like, it's 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 rough. <laughs> It, yeah, it gets really, really rough. Yeah, it's it's just one of those moments where you see them all just getting slaughtered by either Dracula or Gilman crushing people. Like, you see him grab a guy's head and you hear a crack as he puts this guy down. You're like, all right, well, he just crushed that guy's head. That's morbid. Um I mean, but again, it's like it's still fun to me. It's like, still fun. No, see, no, and they it's just they visceral play it. and it's that's it, it's the thing. Unexpected. They play it they play it as um they don't play it as being intense or super violent. It's once you've seen the film a lot and you start realizing 
how high the body count actually is. It's like gremlins, you know, when we talked about that, it's like, man, this actually has a really high body count, which oh, yeah. they if, try if to you hide think about later. The actual fates that befall some of these people, you're like, Jesus, this is bleak. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly uh, in this one too, where you're just thinking, whoa, man, some of the fates that that happen to people, a bunch of them get sucked into that vortex. Right, exactly. And I guess you can live when you're in the vortex because Van Helsing has just been chilling there forever, which is interesting. I mean, uh, and then it, like we don't really <laughs> we don't really quite understand the you know the the pocket dimension that's that's being no. explained here. But like again, it's I think it's more of just a like all right, they're, so they're in there. It's that whole <laughs> kind of space time continuum thing. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could just be a moment of seconds that he's been in there before, but we don't uh, need to explain of, the magic. It's magic. Yeah, one of the best moments in this is i think it's the kid's name is eugene the little kid and right, yeah, yeah. um number one the dog Petey lives the whole movie because Petey is awesome and Petey knows when stuff is going on and he ain't oh, yeah. having smart it. dog smart dog not gonna but have eugene it. is like man you know who should be here the army so he writes them a letter in crayon and once the evil is destroyed you know who shows up the <laughs> army Yep. And, and, I and they love just like, what's going moment? on here? It's just, it's such a great moment. And it almost reminds me of, I wonder if Freaked took that from this. Because it, it very much is because it's the, like, very much like, all right, calling the authorities, kind of like just wrapping up things with the army. Well, and Freaked, like Freaked did that at the end of theirs where it's like, he wrote this thing and the army came in. Oh, what took you guys so long? Well, we had to get the mysterious house that dripped blood and all this other stuff. Um, so it just took that joke and just took it that much further. But this, in this moment, especially watching this and knowing this came out in 87, this movie's way ahead of its time. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, that I, final line of, we're the Monsters Squad, and it's like, boom, done. First End of all, of they, already had the, they already had the business card ready to go, like, just to give to that guy. You're like, all right, we're gonna, he's going to love this one. <laughs> just yeah. gives it, all right, that's who we are, baby. Uh, well, no, they was, already was, were, like, they already had a Monster Club and a Monster Squad type thing, so it was, you know, uh, it, that all, that all kind of made sense. Um, but it's, it's great, and they have their own, they have their own songs at the end by Michael Sambello of... Uh, Maniac fame, who right. did the song Maniac is, for Flashdance. Which is still hilarious, because this song is like, you know, not great, but it's fun. It's funny. <laughs> it, it's very uh, much it's very much an 80s... There's a lot of songs from the 80s that tell you all about the movie that you're watching. And it seems like then later on, Will Smith in the 90s was like, hey, I can do that and make millions. And, and he I, did. And, and I'm better, and I'm calling it rap. Uh, no, and, that's, yeah. and it's it's great. Like I I liked it a lot. Um, but like to like concluding, it's like actual reception of this movie. Like an, like we it still got a lot of praise uh, in the coming decades of its release because it w again picked up on VHS and like began to be like seen as you know the mm -hmm. good movie that it was. Uh, so much that uh, if you care to speak on this remake or not, uh, it garnered one. <laughs> it it yeah. got a remake. Wait, which one? The Monster Squad. No, it didn't. Oh, no? Oh, wait, what am I thinking? No, 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 no. I'm thinking so, of Fright Night. I'm thinking of Fright yeah, Night. Yeah, yeah, Damn it. No, no, but actually, it, you know, bringing that up, this movie was going to be remade. Oh, I'm almost um, certain that it's probably, like, <clears throat> tacitly being talked about. Well, it was. So, uh, Rob Cohen, who produced this, was going to come on and produce it again. 
And then eventually was going to direct. This was, I don't know, around 2008-2010. Um, Platinum Dunes had picked it up. Michael Bay's company. And we know how they do stuff. I mean, um, we tend to, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and, well, luckily this didn't work out because in 2014 they finally said, yeah, it's not happening. Honestly, the reason that I think it didn't happen was Universal coming in saying we're going to do our Dark Universe, and then that just bombed horribly. Yeah, and I think, it, like, people don't really <clears throat> want to touch properties like that until they know exactly what they're doing with it it's too uh, difficult because... to now man it's such a it's such a hard thing to do i mean monster squad you you could do that property and kind of get away with it by doing those versions of the monsters but why remake it it already exists exactly and it's more of just like okay what more kind of a story you can tell and like monster squad is probably the most original thing you can do with those characters even when it wasn't those characters uh Mm -hmm. to be done with it and i'm like okay make them this fun mashup of a thing that uh it, like it just is fodder for this kid these kids adventure kind of right. a story and it, and it works so well and i think that that you can't really make you can't pick apart those monster characters too much to actually either humanize them or make them into something more than they're not because like you again you can only do so much with them and I think fodder for adventure is the best thing that you can do. Uh, yeah, and I think and the I, Monster I mean, Squad cap capitalizes on it. Well, it, it very much does. So I think it was like twenty. So it was twenty years after this film came out. They did a bunch of screenings. Um, they tried to get the cast together, and they all sold out. It did very, very well. Uh, and now, you know, we we just hit thirty-one years. This movie's been out, and Andre Gower, who played uh, Sean is has done a documentary uh with a filmmaker i forget i forget who the guy is exactly but uh it is called wolfman's got nards and it is all about the monster squad and how that ended up becoming such a cult a cultural phenomenon nowadays you know it just really took everything by storm uh now i've, I've seen trailers for it and i've seen them kind of talk about it. i haven't seen the documentary yet i think it's still kind of in the midst of of getting released and finding distributors. So hopefully I will be able to see that soon because this is a great film and it's fun to, to know more about it. You know, I always like to know more about the history and what went into it and finding out like how they felt about it after, um, after it coming out. Now I know you can watch a lot of this on the DVD and special features and on Blu-ray, but I think this documentary is going to, it's just going to give a lot more into into what went into it, especially during and after. So, heck yeah, man! I, I really yeah. I really appreciate this movie for what it is, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a it's a great uh, like kind of just send off or, or send up to a lot of the things that made those characters and those monsters great, and makes it into a great fun eighties adventure movie that has some pretty interesting yeah. kind of gory and you know horror elements i really really like it it's you know simple as that i will say this it is one of the only movies that can get away with being the way that it is it can have a ridiculous amount of plot holes and whatever and, but it doesn't as you said you know it doesn't matter the only reason that it i even pick that apart is because i've seen it so many times exactly exactly um but uh, it's it's still a blast man still a blast mm -hmm. 
no, I, I I would recommend this to really anybody because it has a that is universal appeal even when uh even with these horror elements because like yeah. you could just as easily like just be like oh Goonies with monsters you say unfair comparison but like I that's how I could sell somebody on this movie uh, mm-hmm. if if they weren't really privy to it uh, I'm I really really enjoyed it oh yeah yeah it's uh it's a blast if you haven't seen it how dare you but uh, how dare you as always. As always, because you should have. We warned you. Um, but yeah, if you have friends who haven't seen this movie, you remedy that situation. Make them watch it immediately because it is totally worth it. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, that'll. I guess that'll that'll wrap it up for this episode for us. Exactly. And um, what do we got? What do we got going on next week, Rob? Well, uh, we're going to take a look at Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Mm. yeah like yeah, I, so I don't gonna... know i don't think it gets more classic than this i'm pretty sure like this is the one <laughs> like this is the big one uh, um yeah i, I would not... say so this is this is one of those films that uh i remember for a while and i guess it still really is it's regarded as one of the greatest horror films of all time but there's now more people who are speaking up about how they don't like the film I've run into a lot of people like that, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of go into that a little bit on next week's okay. episode. Um, it's good for playing devil's advocate on a classic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I, you know, spoiler alert, I like it. So, <laughs> oh, I, oh yeah, me, uh, me too, me too. <laughs> so we're um, gonna we're gonna talk about it though, uh, and and still we'll kind of look at it from both sides. Exactly. Um, All right, so yeah. that is gonna do it for us this week on Oh the Horror. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can find us uh, on pretty much any podcast platform that you can mm-hmm. find. iTunes, if you care to review us, feel free. It really helps yeah. out the show if you'd like to praise it for us. Uh, Rob, what else do you got for us? Uh, well, I mean, always as always, visit OhTheHorrorCast.com. That's our main website. Uh, all of our links you know, are on there. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all that fun stuff. And... Uh, yeah, until then, download, tell your friends, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Exactly. So, for Oh the Horrorcast, I have been Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And I'll see you guys next time. Horror. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Horror. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Horror. And there's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here.